The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, good afternoon. I'm Jim Stanley in for Bert Harper, and I'm joined this afternoon by none other than the awesome, well-versed, great thinker of our time, Dr. Alex McFarland. Hi, Alex. Well, good afternoon. I didn't know who you were bringing on. You you were saying those wonderful, kind things. I thought, oh, we must have a guest today. <laughs> hey, Jim, no. did you ever see the the Three Stooges? You remember them? I do. And uh, there, it's it's classic. They go into this room, and somebody says, "Gentlemen," and the Three Stooges said, "Who came in?" You know, right? Uh, but uh, thank you. That's a very gracious introduction. But I'm equally honored to be adjacent to the wonderful Jim Stanley, great man of God, and also a man of musical talent, too. You, you've you got musical talent, too. I bet people don't always know that. But, uh, hmm. So I've played a tambourine, I've played the <laughs> drums, but that's about the <laughs> end of it. Hey, Alex, you know, this is our week of preborn campaign yes. here at AFR, and today... We have some added stuff to our ammunition, if you will, of how to communicate that to folks. And a good friend of mine, good friend of yours, Dan Celia, of Financial Issues, that's 507, Pat, um, she has some stuff to share. And, you know, Dan is a very respected businessman, very respected financial advisor, uh, financial consultant, if you will, and has oh, been yes. a host a financial issues here for what probably 10 years or more that probably sound right? at least all right so we're going to hear this from dan uh and his recommendation about preborn. we spent some time vetting out and getting all the information we could and going out to chicago we went to pregnancy centers uh that that uh pre-born uh ministries uh were involved in and we went out to these pregnancy centers and uh, talked with the founder and president of Mission Preborn, uh, who is from Indianapolis. And we, we went through all of these, and we talked about all their centers around the country. We talked about their uh, financial resources, their donations, where they get them from, how they spend, how much is administrative cost. By the way, none of the money you give goes to administrative costs. 100% of what you give goes to the pregnancy center. And that was one of the things that we absolutely love about the ministry. For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds. Now, the pregnancy centers nationally, there's an 80%, 80% chance, and it's higher than that in the pregnancy centers that we visited. The mother who is looking to make an appointment for an abortion will change her mind when she hears the heartbeat and sees that ultrasound. 80% of the time, if you spend a, make an investment of $140, even if you only do it one time for the rest of your life, chances are you're going to save four babies, but you have a good chance as you pray over that $140 to save five babies. Think about it. Do you know that if everybody listening to me right now did that, 
we would see a dramatic downturn in the amount of babies being aborted. Well, Alex, you know, if, if there's a trusted word to be heard there, uh, we, you and I can talk about the moral implications of choosing life. But Dan gave the sound financial reasoning and how he checked them out himself. And folks, if you've been listening to financial issues for any time, uh, you know how trusted Dan is. And so the number is 877-616-2396. is the number to call. Well, this is Exploring the Word and not Financial Issues. I'm Jim Stanley in for Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarland. And Alex, today, we collectively, we being you and me, as well as our Bible study group that gathers this time every afternoon, today we're in the 10th chapter of Proverbs. Yes, absolutely. By the way, uh, you mentioned Dan there. Um, You know, ROI, return on investment. I like the way he talked about that. Even a one-time gift is going to save so many lives. And so uh, this, you know, January being Sanctity of Human Life Month, I really encourage people to support preborn, and we thank God for the lives that are saved and the souls that are saved Amen. through that great ministry. Hey, as we begin Proverbs 10, let, let me read a verse, Jim. I love verse 17 of Proverbs 10. It says, He is in the way of life that keeps instruction, but he that refuses reproof errs. Now, the, the way of life, this is very interesting. The, uh, it's really the path. Isn't that something? Um, and the, the wording there in the original Hebrew is really the caravan. I like, I like that image. If you're part of the family of God, you, you know the Lord, you're living by the Bible, you, you are a part of this great caravan, this great uh, <laughs> tribe of people on our way to the city of God. But if you're keeping instruction, the Word of God, you're in the way of life, the pathway of life. Jim, that's, that's the road I want to be on, the way of life. How about you? Amen. Uh, you know, we understand that the, what is it, the path to destruction is wide, but the path to life is narrow. Yeah. And, and we have to, and I think that's because we have to walk circumspectly to get there. And we don't do it on our own. It's been laid out. It's been laid out through for us because Christ showed us the way. And so it's one of those things that I absolutely agree with you. I mean, we can look all around this country and we can see multiple thousands of people at football games, at baseball games, at basketball games. But then if we were to collectively take the church attendance for one weekend and compare it to all the sports uh, attendance for one weekend, I think we'd be sorely disappointed. Oh, yeah. And, I, and let, me clear, let me clarify. I'm not against sports. I think sports are great. I think college have, colleges have some great programs for their academics as well as their athletics. And so uh, don't send me hate mail because I said something about that. But sometimes I think it's a matter of our priorities. Well, it is. It is. And um, let me say something, too. And, uh, you know, I grew up for years, played baseball, and 
Um, I know that for decades now, you know, soccer and sports has really been a priority, even among Christian families. And and I like sports too. And but here's the thing about our youth, where very often, Jim, even for Christian families, sports and intramurals have have trumped church and youth group. Here's the deal: if sports would make better young people, we would have seen it by now. Right. That's good. And, and and listen, I'm only speaking for Alex, so if I'm riling up any parents, don't get mad at AFA, get mad at Alex. But I've been immersed in youth work for 30 years. If sports would make uh, character, morals, better young people, we would have seen it by now because we've been, I mean, sports has been a religion almost for decades. And there, there's a place for sports. There's a place for extracurricular activities. But the fundamental basic thing has got to be the Lord and His Word. That's why Proverbs 10 says, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing. Amen. But, the righteousness, but righteousness delivers from death. Uh, Jim, you and I, two, two pastors here, we could preach an hour on Proverbs 10 too. Sure could. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. Um, not only spiritual death, but I want to say this. Um, righteousness, as we see in Proverbs, not only can bring you salvation, but prosperity even. Uh, and so... Um, it goes on down there, and I know we, in the interest of time, we, we can't parse out every single word, but look at the, um, the verse there in verse 4. He becomes poor who deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. I, I looked up these words, uh, Bert. The word slack hand means dishonest mm-hmm. or treacherous, but the word there, diligent, uh, really means uh, forthright, and it it means thorough, and of and of course honest. And so, um, you don't have to try to make it through this world by cutting corners or being dishonest or being treacherous, but diligence, just steady. You know the old saying: "Slow and steady wins the race." And honest. Um, verse five. He that gathers in the summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in harvest time is a son that causes shame. Um, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, you know what? He said one of the keys for a believer, go to bed on time, get up on time. I mean, that that sounds like something out of uh, the almanac or something, but that, that was John Wesley. Go to bed on time, get up on time. Well, and I mean, it, sometimes it's so simplistic that it sounds far-fetched. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at this, I, a moment ago you talked about righteousness could also bring prosperity. And it does that not through a, and I'll just say it for lack of a better word, not through a name-it-claim-it philosophy, but by being diligent, as you mentioned uh, there in verse 4, and then even in verse 5, where it talks about the difference between being wise uh, who gathers in summer uh, as opposed to the one that sleeps in harvest, uh, who is a son who causes shame. 
And the reason for that is because that's the difference. And, and diligent is working towards something. Gathering in the summer is a smart thing to do. But if you're not diligent and if you're not uh, a hard worker, then you're most likely not going to be able to find prosperity because it continually eludes you because you're not putting the work in that it may take to get there. Well, you're right, Jim. And and let me just say, folks, if you're ju- just tuning in, this is Exploring the Word, and we're in Proverbs chapter 10. Um, and I'm just going to be very personal, but when I got saved, one of the things that uh, the Lord had to convict me of was procrastination. Jim, in school, I was a C student. Every It seems like every teacher I ever had said, Alex, you could do better if you would apply yourself. And I always put things off. And uh, when I got saved, I began to realize that procrastinating was a sin. And I, I prayed about it. And let me say this. There's a quote attributed to JFK. Uh and I think, I think this is original with uh, President Kennedy, you know, five and a half, six decades ago. But he said the time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that speaks to, uh, like Proverbs says, gather in the summer. Do not sleep in harvest. Don't procrastinate. Listen, folks, God will help you. But that thing that you really don't want to do is the thing you ought to really get up and do first. Uh, as a as a person of the Lord, um, be responsible. That's Amen. what this chapter is saying. Amen. Hey, folks, if you have a chance, uh, give give a call to Freeborn and help make a uh, donation that would cover a sonogram for a lady who's considering abortion. And that number is 877-616-2396 or online at AFR.net. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Merrick Garland, U.S. Attorney General. He's the chief lawyer for the federal government of the United States and is the principal legal advisor to the president. Romans 13.1 reminds us of the importance of obeying the law. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Merrick Garland in his work as Attorney General. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 Prayer Guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. It's becoming more difficult, sometimes even dangerous, to make a public stand for the Lord. But Dr. Tony Evans says real believers don't have an option. Today, as we spend two minutes with Tony, he recalls facing that choice when he was asked to open a city council meeting in prayer without mentioning the name of Jesus. Well, they asked the wrong person. Because I make a long story short, I went down there and I said, Father, they've asked me to come pray. So I assume they want me to reach you. And you told me that the only way to reach you is through the Son. So I can't do what they asked me to do unless I invoke Jesus' name. I went on to say that we're told to pray for government by the Apostle Paul who met Jesus on the Damascus Road. Thank you for creating the city council. Because if you hadn't created them, then... 
they wouldn't be here to make decisions. And you said everything that was made was made by Christ Jesus. So bless their decision making today in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you don't want to hear about Jesus, don't invite me. And please don't tell me, don't mention him. God the Father didn't die on the cross. Jesus the Son died on the cross. So the question is, are you willing to pick up your cross? You and I are not to be ashamed of the cross. Now, you do it appropriately. You don't do it bombastically, but you don't hide from it. You don't become embarrassed by it. You and I, if we're going to get a divine reset and not be confused Christians, we're going to have to be clear representatives of Christ. Learn more about how to step up to that important assignment with the help of Tony's CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. And the Salvation Army Band is playing this hymn. And your grace rings out so deep, it makes my resistance seem so thin. So hold me, Jesus, cause I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? So All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. In his presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus. Take me now. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me, Savior, wholly thine. May thy Holy Spirit fill me. May I know thy power divine. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Mm. You know, Alex, a few moments ago we were talking about uh, being the diligent worker. And then during the break, many of you heard Tony Evans talking about how the son leads the way and how we should follow him and not be afraid to invoke his name uh, in, in public and, yes. and why. And so I think that goes right in line with what we're talking here in Proverbs, the 10th chapter. Exactly, exactly. And folks, this is Exploring the Word. Alex and Jim, so honored that you're listening. By the way, we're going to open up the phones and get some Bible questions here in a few moments. And that number, uh, you want to maybe try to get the jump and and get through in your call today, but it's 888-589-8840 with your Bible questions. We'd love to hear from you. But Jim, uh, look at verse 8 of Proverbs 10. The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. He that walks uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverts his ways shall be known or found out. Okay, the wise in heart will receive commandments. Uh, you know, uh, we need to be teachable. We, we need mm. to be teachable. And Jim, that is one thing I pray for 
uh, and you know, thankfully, I have a wonderful godly wife to keep me humble. And uh, you know, we men sometimes we think we know a few things, and isn't it wonderful that we've got got wise wives to remind us that we don't know everything? But Amen. I want to be teachable. Um, you know, it, it says if we if we won't receive instruction. That, that we're being very foolish. The word, the King James translates this word, P-R-A-T-I-N-G, prating fool. And I wondered, what in the world does that mean? Uh, but, but it really means uh, hard-headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it might mean babbling, you know, just babbling, not even listening. But honestly, Proverbs 10, 8, somebody hard-headed is going to fall. But if we're wise... We will receive instruction. We'll be teachable. Jim, I want to be teachable, don't you? Amen. And you know, that phrase is repeated there in verse 10 of chapter 10 of the book of Proverbs. And Alex, uh, it says, He who winks with the eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. And mm-hmm. it's when the Bible repeats itself, it's because it's trying to get across a point. And the babbling fool, the babbling, you know, the person that's not taking advice, the person that's not taking or walking in integrity. When we look at that, and even he who winks with an eye, uh, do you remember, what was it, a a wink-wink situation where you might have been joking with someone or teasing someone, Mm -hmm. and uh, they don't know that, and you're winking to the person behind them because they've caught on to it? Yeah, exactly. You know, winks with the eyes can cause trouble. Because that means whatever we're usually what we're about to say next shouldn't be taken seriously, and so yeah. we have to be careful about that. And isn't it something that I mean? This is almost a thousand years before the birth of Christ, mm-hmm. and yet people still kind of on the side would wink at each other like an inside joke or something like that. Um, you know, he that winks with the eye causes sorrow. Um, you know, human nature doesn't change. I want to say this. One of the reasons the Bible, we, we definitely know the Bible is the Word of God, is because the, the Bible so accurately speaks to human nature. And, and human nature doesn't change. Now, we've invented a few electronic devices, and, you know, we drive cars rather than ride horses. But, you know, the, the human condition is still the same. We're sinners. We need a Savior. Uh, if we turn to Christ, the Spirit of God will indwell us. We read the Word. We can become wise. And I think it's just amazing that from roughly 3,000 years ago, Proverbs is telling us about character and honesty. Verse 11, the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Do you see these contrasts? It'll, it'll say, you know, the righteous does this but the unrighteous results in that. Verse 12, hatred stirs up strifes, but love covers all sins. Mm. You know, that that's a lot like, I believe it was um, Psalm 15, 1 and 2. Psalm 15 says, you know, uh, harsh words stir up anger, uh, but um, no, it wasn't Psalm 15. I'll have to remember, maybe it's Proverbs 15. But... Um, you know, uh, harsh words stir up anger, but love covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we see that here already. And so a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. That's very much like this right here in Proverbs ten twelve. Uh, in the lips of him that has understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him who is void of understanding. Um, Jim, up here in Greensboro, North Carolina, there's a famous old hospital. Uh, and there was, at one time, a man that ran the elevator. Do you remember back when you'd get on elevators and you didn't just push the button yourself, but there was a, a gentleman that would run the elevator up and down. Yeah. And in fact, that I remember the ones that old that I remember the ones before buttons, you know, that had the kind of, uh, not throttle, but had the handle that you would literally move from slot to slot. Like, like the, uh, like the throttle on a ship. Almost. Yeah, Do you remember exactly. That? Yeah. Well, there was this dear man, and, you know, I didn't know I was a little kid, but I, I would, I bet he was a Christian, and, and you'd go to Cone Hospital, C-O-N-E, and if you ever said, how are you doing? And he would, he would always say, well, I'm not doing myself any harm. And Proverbs, <laughs> That's I mean, that, hey, if we can go through a day and we're not doing ourselves any harm, that's pretty good. It says a rod is for the back of him who's void of understanding. Um, you know, Proverbs has a lot to say about um, the the sinner causing trouble for himself and trouble for others. Be, uh, don't be angry. Don't throw out these harsh words. Uh, look at verse 18. Uh, he that hides hatred with lying lips, and he that utters a slander is a fool. Do you know what? More people have gotten themselves in trouble with their words, uh, with their emotions, with rash decisions, unforgiveness. And let me just say this. Uh, verse 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of or lack of wisdom. You know, I often think about the, the man at the hospital. I ain't doing myself no harm. And I say, Lord, help me to be like that. <laughs> you yeah. know, help, help me to be a blessing. I, I want to say one more thing, and then I'm, I'll throw it back to you. Forgive me for going so much. Oh, but no, brother. You're, you're doing great. Look at verse 7. The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Now, we're all, Jay Strack, great Christian speaker, many will know the name Jay Strack. I heard him say many years ago, he said, everybody in life, you'll either make a mark or leave a scar. Now, I know we don't, we don't live for how we're going to be remembered. I mean, I hope we're living for facing Christ one day and we'll hear him say, well done, good or faithful servant. But I want to tell you, uh, the, the legacy or the memory of a Christian person is sweet. All over this nation, I've, I've talked to people and they'll say, you know, see this, there was a very godly man and he raised the money to build that church. There was a very godly man and a very godly woman. Uh, here in North Carolina, Jim, there's a, an orphanage up in the mountains and it's called Cross North School, and it was built years ago by a lady named uh, Mary Stroop. Um, 
but she was a godly lady, and she raised money and built an orphanage and a school that's become a nationally renowned school. But she did it because she was a Christian, and she cared about orphans. Proverbs 10, 7, the memory of the just person is blessed. We're, we leave a great memory if we've lived our life for Christ. But the name of the wicked shall rot. On the flip side, uh, the legacy left by unrighteous people has a long, long ripple effect too. And uh, I'm not saying we should obsessively live worrying about what people think about us, but but let us live in such a way that if we are remembered, it's for the glory of Jesus and because we lived our life according to his word. Mm, amen. You know, Alex, uh, you were at verse 21 a moment ago. And it at verse twenty, I'm sorry, and it's and then verse twenty one says, "The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom." And you know, um, then it, the next verse twenty two, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So, you know, when you look nowadays, you you see most of the wealthy people, and I mean really wealthy. people, are always trying to buy happiness. They mm. just can't seem to find that uh, anything that will truly please them. And I think that's because the burden of their money robs them of joy. But the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Uh, the, the verse before that, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. I think of Jesus blessing the bread and the fishes and passing those out to the multitude. What a great representation of the lips of the righteous feeding many. Um, and so those two things there kind of coincide because yeah. if God gives us something and we've received it from him and he gives us no sorrow with it, then we do have cause to rejoice in it being filled with Christ, don't we? We really do. I mean... Uh, and and isn't that liberating that we have peace with God? We have victory uh, along the journey of life, and no sorrow, no regret. Um, you know, as uh, has been said, a clear conscience is the softest pillow. And uh, Jim, I was reading this um, article about how, with all the stress of the world nowadays, and COVID, and the economy, and all these things that are legitimate concerns, but it said. Uh, people aren't sleeping well. I was reading this article how uh, people aren't getting rest because everybody's very apprehensive and, mm. and afraid. And, you know, to a degree, I, I get it. I mean, there's plenty to be concerned about. But you know what? Um, the peace we have with the Lord and the reassurance that He is in control and He looks after us and the blessing of the Lord is there for all who want to receive it, boy, that that will give you peace inside and there is no sorrow with all of these things. Um, you know, it talks about uh, that it is a sport to a fool to do mischief. Mm. In other words, it's like a game. Isn't that something? I've heard people say life is a game. Uh, life is not a game, really. Uh, not, not in the sense of something frivolous or anything. Life is a very high-stakes proposition. Now, now, for the Christian... Life is a joy. Oh, my goodness, there's, as the songwriter says, 10,000 joys 
to being a Christian. But um, honestly, every day we're handling the, uh, the, the stock of eternity. And so a fool just takes it lightly, but a man of understanding, verse 23, has wisdom. The fear of the wicked, it will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. All right, um, people have sorrow, people have fear. And if you're living your life in opposition to God, uh, there's reason to be fearful. But isn't, isn't it something, verse 24, Jim, you know, I've read Psalm uh, 34, 7, trust in the Lord, uh, and it says he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Isn't it something, the desire of the righteous will be granted? Um, part of that is because as you grow in the Lord, he helps you have right desires, you know? Amen. Uh, l- listen, listen to this, verse 27, and I know I'm skipping some because of time. It says, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Some translations render verse 27, Fear of the Lord brings length of days. Mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you, living for Christ... It will give you longer days than you otherwise might have had. The years of the wicked will be shortened. You know, we, we read so much about um, in the, the, the rock and roll Hollywood lifestyle, a lot of people die young. There's even um, some that have talked about what's called the 27 Club because so many rock stars, from Kurt Cobain to Amy Winehouse, to so many die at a young age. God wants to give you life and eternity, folks. Turn to Him. He sure does. Folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio, 888-589-8840. We'll begin to take your Bible questions at 888-589-8840 as Exploring the Word continues on American Family Radio. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies, very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. God can use persecution to strengthen the church and individuals within it. Persecution is granted to us. Don't miss this. What an honor to be chosen to follow in the footsteps of Christ, to die like the thief beside him, so that men enslaved to sin can see the gospel written in our flesh and believe. Gain more perspective on persecution with Jordan Shambly's article, The Victorious Persecuted Church, in the Fall 21 issue of Engage Magazine, or visit EngageMagazine.net. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James 1.22 My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. This scripture underscores the harrowing reality that permeates the life of many who profess to be Christians. The blessing of being a Christ follower comes not only from hearing God's word, but obeying it. James continues, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. 
but the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Are you making the best use of your time today or are you sort of living on autopilot? Time and people are precious commodities. We have the privilege and responsibility of joining in God's work and building His kingdom. But many times we waste time on insignificant stuff instead of investing in souls. So today, ask God to show you what needs tweaking in your schedule. It may be as simple as turning off the television and spending a few extra minutes in your Bible or with your family or checking on someone at church. Determine today that you'll live your life on purpose. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Come to the table. Come sit with those who have been redeemed. What a great song. Hi, I'm Jim Stanley. This is Exploring the Word, alongside my good friend, Dr. Alex McFarland. And, you know, Alex, I actually get to say that because we are friends, aren't we? We are good friends. And uh, I want to tell you, folks, you should be so fortunate as I to have a good friend like Jim Stanley. Well, I don't know about all that. I was just happy that I wasn't lying on the air. That's what I was going (laughs) to Hey, man, Jim Stanley, uh, you've uh, taken me to eat at NRB, and we've gone to the gun range in Tupelo. And, and both taught, walked away. You taught me how to, how to fire a pistol. Oh, my goodness. Well, it, it's pretty easy. You know, you just make sure the bullet comes out the pointy end, and the pointy yeah. end's facing away from you. Well, so. that, that was really fun, though, because I'd never been to a gun range like that before, so I, well, I was grateful. Well, next time you come, we'll have to do it again. 888-589-8840 is the number for your phone call questions today. want to remind you again about Preborn, and I'm doing this. You know, we, we want to be sure and promote this, especially during Exploring the Word, because we know that you believe in life as we do. And so we're asking you to help women who are in a bad situation perhaps, help them choose life for their child. And you can do that with a gift of that will help pay for an abortion, pardon me, will help pay for an ultrasound for ladies who may be considering abortions and would help them choose life and so um, for their child. So we want you to help do that. That number is 877-616-2396. Now don't call that if you have a Bible question. They won't be, they, well, it depends on who answers the phone. They may be able to help you with it. But by and large, they're there to help take the donation uh, for our good friends at Preborn. All right, Alex, shall we go to the phones? Let's do it. Where are we going first? Well, I think we're going to talk to Carol from Ohio. Carol, good afternoon, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello, Carol. Hello. Hello. 
How are you? Oh, good. My question is an old question I've been wondering about. I was raised in a small church, and every week we would have a different minister. And one week, one minister would talk about the Holy Ghost, and next week the minister would talk about the Holy Spirit. Now it seems like the the term the Holy Ghost has disappeared. What is the what is the uh, the version between the two? Is it only correct to use Holy Spirit these days? Well, Carol, mm-hmm. that's a great question, and it really is. Part of that comes because of the different translations of the Bible. Uh, more ministers are not using the the uh, King James Version. And then part of it is, is perhaps the verbiage of the pastor himself uh, that they don't use that. Alex, you have uh, been an evangelist, and I'm sure you've used both terms. There's, not, there's really not a difference, is there? No, uh, they, they mean exactly the same. They really do. You know, you mentioned the King James Bible, and uh, the word ghost really meant the soul or spirit. You remember in, when Christ died on the cross, it mm-hmm. said he he gave up the ghost or yielded up his spirit. And so when the King James would translate, um, and, and the word is, is pneuma for spirit, but they would translate it the Holy, Holy Ghost. But in more modern translations, they would say spirit. But they, they really mean exactly the same thing, the third member of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm. Amen. Hey, Carol. I hope that helped. Thank you so much for your call, and thanks for listening to American Family Radio's Exploring the Word. John from Texas, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, guys. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, Thank you. Okay, uh, this kind of bounces off Friday, uh, the recorded one about fear, and then y'all couldn't do phone calls then. And then also some of what you're talking about now, like living in fear, and you're, you're exactly right, you know, our faith is lacking if we're fearful, you know, because like you're saying, uh, living with Jesus will keep you at peace, even during turmoil, so that's all true, but at the same time, certain amount of fear can be healthy, like if you fear of getting in a car wreck so you don't drive 100 miles an hour without your seatbelt on on the road, so you, you have to understand the context that some fear can be healthy, but at the same time, when it comes to our spiritual life, we should have no fear. That's all I wanted to comment on. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate the call. And, Alex, I think part of that goes directly to uh, what we were talking about with wisdom and fearing or respecting the Lord. We also need to respect the law. We need to res- respect physics uh, through the natural law, if you will, or natural order of things. Uh, so there is, there is times, I mean, because we're even told to fear the Lord. But that really means to, to hold him in reverence and, and make sure that you understand what's going on, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, the fear of the Lord, you know, it's it's talking about prudence and responsible good judgment. And, it, well, in the case of the Lord, it's really reverence, mm-hmm. you know. But we, we don't have to be fearful in the obsessive, paranoid sense. Uh, in fact, uh, this weekend, my pre-recorded weekend program, Truth for New Generation, that's heard on AFR, I talk about the fact that we uh, we don't really have to be fearful. Um, and over and over, the Bible 
It's been said 366 times, the Bible says, fear not. Uh, I've not counted, I don't know if that's actually true, but I've read in commentaries it'll say 366 times, one for every day of the year plus an extra one. But we don't have to be paranoid or obsessively afraid. Responsible, prudent, reverent, yeah, that's a healthy fear, and that's wise to uh, a wise perspective. But isn't it liberating and, Bert, Jim, I mean, empowering to know that we belong to God and God is in control? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk to Bonnie from Texas now. Bonnie, good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you very much. I have a personal testimony, and I'll try to be as quick as I can, um, that might help, I think would very likely help someone, some young lady or, or female that is planning on contemplating an abortion. When I was 25, I had six children, all healthy. I was in a very abusive marriage. Um, and when my youngest was two years old, I just knew I was pregnant again. Now, I prayed every day I wouldn't get pregnant again. I prayed every day. And um, I um, I had every every symptom of pregnancy. I'd been pregnant six times. I had every. So I just I made my plan. That's when the 70s, when abortion became legal. And I was going to call my dad. I'll be fast. I was going to call my dad and ask him to send me the money for the abortion. And I didn't care if my husband killed me or not. I I was going. To, I could not bring another child into that situation. And that night, I laid in bed and I was making my plans. I would get the money from my dad somehow. I'd sneak around and and get to the clinic. And I imagine everybody was asleep. Everybody in the house was asleep. And I imagined going, making the appointment, going to the clinic and waiting there. And all of a sudden, and I know this was the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, I just had a crushing feeling in my heart. And I said, Lord, I could not destroy a life that you've created. If I get pregnant 15 more times, I will have 15 more babies. Mm. The next day, uh, things happened that uh, I wasn't pregnant. And uh, like I say, I had prayed every every day that I wouldn't get pregnant. Um, shortly after that, I with a, a GYN routine follow up, I they had discovered I had uh, cervical cancer, mm. and um, they since I had six children, they went ahead and did a hysterectomy. So. I believe that was of God. <laughs> Nobody well, could tell me different that God didn't do that. Yeah, Bonnie, listen, uh, we appreciate you sharing that with us, and uh, we do choose life. We want to choose life. That's one of the reasons that we partnered with Preborn. Uh, not only in January, that's when we do an emphasis on them, if you will, but we partner with them throughout the year, and uh, we're sure glad you, you would have chosen life. Uh, had you indeed been pregnant there. So thank you for that. Mm. Appreciate the phone call. Let's yeah. talk to Josh calling from North Carolina. Josh, welcome to Exploring the Word. How are y'all doing? Doing good. good. Sure. All right. My question is, um, in Second or yeah, Second Timothy, where it's talking about a man of one wife for the deacons and the pastor, I've been told that it means either 
because back in them days, like with concubines, that it was just dealing with uh, a man of one wife, not having multiple wives. But I've also been told where it means not uh, having a divorce. I was just calling for clarity. All right, Josh, that's a great, great question and appreciate that. Alex, you know, I've been like Josh. I've heard that both ways. That And then also uh, a third way is that you are a husband of one wife at that time because, you know, we know that there are times that divorce has come, but that doesn't always kill the ministry of a man that's called to be a, a deacon, if you will. A lot of times the some of the churches or denominations may get hung up on the uh, legality of that, and and so what do you, what do you think there? Because I know you've taught that a lot as well. Yeah, Bert and I have gone through First and Second Timothy and Titus, which is often called the pastoral epistles. You know, because there's so much in there about uh, leading the the church and everything like that. And it goes in First Timothy three: if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. Now. 1 Timothy 3, 2, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. Now, in American evangelical Christianity for much of the 20th century, that meant a man that's going to be a pastor couldn't be divorced, people would say. But you know what? Uh, Really what the majority of commentators acknowledge that it means, it means uh, a one-woman man. Right. So I want to say this, and I, I, again, I'm only speaking for myself, but I've many a man that had the gifts of pastoring and preaching. He said, well, you know, I, I was divorced, but it was before I was even a Christian. So here's what I'm saying. And by the way, John MacArthur takes this position and the late Norm Geisler, both of whom were uh, MacArthur is, Geisler was very rigid on the truth of God's word. And so were we. But my point is this, I do not believe a divorce necessarily disqualifies a man from being the pastor or being... So the uh, 1 Timothy 3.2, I don't think it should necessarily mean never having been divorced, mm-hmm. but not a polygamist really right. is what it means. Yeah, and I, and I would agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, I had a friend in Hattiesburg many years ago, and he was a pastor of one of the local congregations there. And he had to give up his pastorate because his wife decided to leave him uh, for another man. Now, mm. this gentleman, he it was not an abusive situation. The wife simply said she was tired of being a pastor's wife. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the wives of pastors. And we, we have October as Pastor Appreciation Month. But we need to be sure that we show... Um, courtesy and respect to the pastor's wife, too, because they've well, got a and, tough gig. And and First Timothy 3.12, deacons, husband of one wife. A lot of churches, they don't have any deacons because if you're divorced, you won't even be considered. And, and that needs to change, really. Um, and listen, uh, I'm, I'm never about lowering the standards, mm-hmm. but this idea that if you've been divorced, you... And I think you have to look at the circumstances regarding how divorces happen. Like you say, abandonment or uh, if one, you know, the wife has broken the marriage vows and walked away or if the divorce was before somebody was even saved. Mm -hmm. Um, 
There, there's a lot of godly gifted men that could have been a deacon or could have been a pastor, and I think they might have been excluded because of an American evangelical misreading of First Timothy three. Yeah. All right. Hey, Josh. Thanks for that question. I hope it. I hope our answers helped you, and uh, we'll be praying for you guys about that. All right. Let's see if we can get one more in, and we're going to talk to Brenda calling from Mississippi this afternoon. Brenda, you have waited ten minutes, young young lady. I apologize, but go ahead and ask your question. Well, it's not a question; it's encouragement. Okay. I just wanted to call in. Um, I went home to help with my mom. She was a hundred years old, and uh, that scripture kept coming to me: of "How will they know unless they hear?" And all of her life, since a kid, she hadn't listened to the word or got in the word. And so I started reading the Bible to her in the Book of John. And a few days later, I had a thing called Salvation as Simple as ABC and went over those scriptures. And at 100 years old, eight days before she turned 101, she accepted the Lord. Amen. Amen. Brenda, that's a great testimony. Um, And, you know, I think you mentioned to the uh, call screener that you don't want to give up on our sons or daughters either. and so that is a witness, and I'm sure glad you didn't give up on your mom. What a great book to read from. What Alex, it's always, it is, isn't it? It's always great when people uh, help bring someone to Christ. Amen. Amen. Jim, it's good to be on with you. And, folks, we thank you for listening to Exploring the Word and American Family Radio. Hey, support Preborn. We pray they do that, don't we, Jim? Absolutely. 877-616-2396. 877-616-2396. If you didn't get your question in today, go ahead and email that to us to word at AFR.net, word at AFR.net. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon at 3 Central. Stick around. Washington Watch comes your way next on AFR. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.